On today's show, Blake Snell, the Snellzilla, the pride of the San Diego Padres and an otherwise pretty disappointing 2023, your National League Cy Young Award winner. You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, right? Is it Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday, November 15th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, that's at J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres as well. If you want only Padres updates, totally understand if you don't want care about me. Totally cool. I get it. I understand. You rock. Uh, also, check out the YouTube where I'm currently streaming live for the first time. Um, and I'm going to do that for bigger announcements when it does happen. Uh, in this case, Blake Snell's Cy Young Award winning season. Today's episode, guys, before we get into all that, is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical. That's jacemedical.com, J-A-S-E medical.com. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, history. What can we say, folks? It was expected. It was not at all surprising in, in the slightest. Blake Snell, your 2023 National League Cy Young Award winner. Really excite, exciting stuff. Um, in, in, a, in a bunch of ways, and we're going to talk about it. And this will ostensibly be my player review uh, for Blake Snell for the 2023 season. Um, it'll go part of that playlist, that whole thing. What What is there to say? Um, and I think that what's so fun about Snell is you have to start with the fact that the beginning of his tenure in San Diego wasn't like controversial or anything like that. It just wasn't the greatest in the world. It was a little bit disappointing, um, if anybody remembers, especially especially at the beginning. And he kind of tinkered with things as the season went along. And what I think is most interesting, if you look back, just to show you how much things have changed, back when Larry Rothschild was still the pitching coach for the San Diego Padres, and then he gets fired and all that stuff, and then Ruben Yabla gets brought in, and Snell got a lot better after that. And what I think is so interesting about Snell is – for years, it was mostly him succeeding through a fastball slider combination. Um, and then he changed things up this year and kind of advanced his whole repertoire as a whole. I mean, he was just fantastic in basically every way. His 2.25 ERA was first among all pitchers with the second best being Garrett Cole, who, if you're watching this, probably he has been announced as the American League Cy Young one winner. Uh, his 31.5% strikeout rate was second in Major League Baseball. His swinging strike rate trailed behind only Spencer Strider. So basically he got everybody to swing at basically everything and miss. And he had the second best mark and win probability added among all starting pitchers. And that's just a few reasons why Snell was so spectacular. Um, this season, he was um, historic in, in a lot of ways. And it is the second Cy Young in his career, which is pretty remarkable when you consider that. I mean, obviously there's not many people that, um, win two Cy Youngs, let alone one, um, 11 pitchers of the 22 who have ever won multiple Cy Young Award winners are in the Hall of Fame. Um, and some other, or that's also assuming that guys like Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, they're probably going to get in. Um, Roger Clemens, 
you also, if you count him as well, who should, you know, depending on how you see about that, just in terms of the resume is up there as well, obviously. Um, and it's amazing. And back with the Tampa Bay Rays, um, I think a lot of people thought when they traded for him, especially after that first season with the Padres, is he going to be able to do anything like that again? Or did the Padres buy high on a player who basically had been getting so much media attention, getting so much, um, you know, traffic because of being pulled in the World Series from the Tampa Bay Rays. And then they traded him shortly after that, obviously, to us. And again, first two seasons, they were fraught with some inconsistency, um, some health stuff. But this year, full tilt went absolutely off. And I think that one of the things that I'm going to remember Blake Snell for the most, aside from the numbers and stuff that we'll get into, is also just the personality, just the person. Uh, he was so much fun to watch. I think that, frankly, he deserved the award purely just for his rant slash inquiry about what WRC plus means. I highly recommend everyone go check out that clip. It was very funny because even for a person who likes using WRC plus like myself when judging offensive batters, it is uh, very relatable how uh, confused he was by it. What he asked, what does the plus part mean? So I'm always going to remember that. I'm always going to remember his interviews with uh, Mark Grant and Don Rosillo on the Padres broadcast. That was always so, so, so much fun. And he was amazing um, this season as a whole for a team that, if we're being honest, almost kind of didn't deserve it. That's how bad the Padres were this year. And I think that that's um, something that it doesn't dirty the, the Cy Young at all. It just makes it a little bit more unfortunate that the Padres only finished with an 82 and 80 record. They didn't make the playoffs. And instead, we were all sitting on our couches, just like the rest of the players, watching the playoffs unfold, obviously with teams like the D-backs going far. It was nice seeing the Dodgers get eliminated, but the Diamondbacks making it to the World Series is like, man, like, where were we? We had so much top-level talent that just didn't match up with them. Um, but that has nothing to do with Snell, of course. Um, that's just the kind of ethos of what happened with Snell's season, unfortunately. But in terms of him himself in a vacuum, he was absolutely phenomenal in every way. I already mentioned some of the leading stats that he um, – was in and I'm excited to talk about Snell's season, like kind of dive into it just a little bit more, ladies and gentlemen. It is very exciting indeed. And I think that, look, uh, if you just want to talk about Padres history, it's always up there. It's also up there too. 14 and nine record, sure, but he becomes the fifth San Diego Padre pitcher to claim a Cy Young joining Randy Jones from 1976, Gaylord Perry in 1978, Mark Davis in 1989, and of course, Fan favorite and still legend as far as I'm concerned, Jake Peavy in 2007. And don't get me wrong, there have been some good Padres starting pitching performances. Heck, there was probably a year where Andrew Kashner was pretty effective. Tyson Ross was pretty good. Hugh Darvish last year was great. Joe Musgrove was the one who gave the Padres their first no-hitter. But this is bar none, basically the best singular complete season by a Padres sing, um, starting pitcher since 2007 with Jake Peavy. And in a lot of ways, an outlier among other starting pitching performances, uh, which I think is the most fascinating thing about Blake Snell. And that's what we're going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, is exactly what made this, aside from just being good for their evidence of the ERA, of the strikeout rate, of the swinging strikeout rate, of the win probability added, how specific numbers and specific things he did this year actually make it a pretty unique Cy Young season in a lot of ways. But before we talk about that, guys, I just want to take a second to talk about our friends over at Jace Medical. Look, it can be tough out there. You know, we just went through a worldwide pandemic and what have you. Um, but you need to be able, you need to stay strapped. And one thing I like about Jace Medical is they offer you 
medications that will help you. Um, you can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive a 12 month supply of your daily medication. You just have to hop on a quick call, talk with one of their licensed medical professionals to prescribe what is best for you. And they're ever evolving. One case comes with like five different antibiotics. Guess what? There's also different ones. You can customize it, what works for you best. And they're adding more medication as time goes along. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having your supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase. Remember everybody, Jace Medical, that's J-A-S-E medical.com slash locked on. And just like that, everybody, we are back here talking about Blake Snell's Cy Young award-winning season live on YouTube. Don't worry. This will also be available for you folks um, listening later on on audio and on YouTube and on whatever. Remember, Lockdown Padres on YouTube, lock at LO underscore Padres on Twitter as well. Wherever your podcast, you get them. That's where it will be available. Um, we actually just got a comment as well from Justin Lamas. Hopefully I said that correctly. Rip Peter Seidler among the few owners who actually cared about the fans and baseball in general. This is the fun part about doing a live show that I'm going to try ramping up as the offseason goes along, especially with announcements. Love hearing from you guys. Feel free to send any of your comments. Um, absolutely. Rip Peter Seidler. You guys could check out my full thoughts on that. Um, you know, just really uh, uh, just as a, a whole vibes thing. This Blake Snell Cy Young victory is probably the only like cool thing along with the Tatis and Kim gold gloves, because otherwise uh, really tough season for Padres fans. And then that on top of it with Peter Seidler, who changed um, I think the outlook, I think the perspective, the relevancy of the Padres in so many ways. Um, so absolutely RIP to Mr. Peter Seidler. But in terms of Mr. Blake Snell, I want to talk about some of the numbers that made him so interesting um, this year. And a friend of mine, Colby Olson over at JustBaseball.com, where I also am a writer for, you should go check out that website. It's very great. Um, he wrote about um, Blake Snell's season and how it is kind of crazy when you think about it, that Blake Snell basically had a complete disregard for the strikeout um, for the strike zone um, this year. He got a lot of strikeouts, obviously. But if we take the 50 best starting pitches, now I'm reading um, this article from JustBaseball.com. If you take the 50 best starting pitching seasons by ERA since 2015, the average walk rate in those seasons was 6%. Even further, there are only three examples since 2015 of pitchers having an ERA under 2.7 and a walk rate above 8%. Blake Snell in 2019, Dylan Cease last year, and then Blake Snell in 2023. His walk rate, of course was extraordinarily high this year, and it was the highest walk rate of any starting pitcher since 2000. That's just one area that makes Snell so fascinating, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. It's not at all what I'm saying. Um, oh, yes, you could pronounce my last name the English way or in the Spanish way, E. Yamas. Okay, cool. Thank you, Justin. Um, that he walked so many batters, but the fact that he was able to make so many batters chase on stuff outside the zone, and especially with the strikeout rate, he made walks almost like not matter, which is absolutely insane when you really think about it. And and you love it. And here's another crazy thing that I think really is why Blake Snell won. Because again, there are some categories that you can fault Blake Snell. I just mentioned the walk rate. Obviously, you could bring that up. Obviously. And you, and you probably should if we're just talking about objectively speaking. But when it comes to Snell's defaults, you could bring up, you know, XFIP. You could bring up field independent pitching. You can bring up the walk rate. You can bring up the fact that the Padres 
had an incredible defense this year with Hassan Kim being a gold glove winner, Fernando Tatis Jr. being a gold glove and platinum glove winner, and not to mention contributions from guys like Gary Sanchez, obviously guys like Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts somehow being like one of the least effective infielders in some ways. He was still very, very good, though. That just shows you how stacked they were. Trent Grisham in center field, despite his batting woes, was excellent defensively. And, of course, you have Tatis in right. You basically just had Juan Soto as the only negative, like, true negative defender. So you could bring that up, right? And you could bring up the walk rate and all that stuff. But, I mean, it's still kind of incredible that despite all of that, Blake Snell, Blake Snell still managed to, like, find a way to be incredible. In his last 23 starts at one point, he had the second best of a 23-start stretch since Bob Gibson. In 1947, it was a 1.2 ERA over those 23 starts. Now, Grant, it's maybe it's a little bit cherry picking, but still, it just shows you that Blake Snell, that, in my opinion, is what won him the Cy Young. Not necessarily just the overall ERA, not necessarily the strikeout rate. Hey, Spencer Strider had a better strikeout rate. Justin Steele had a, a pretty good strikeout rate, and his ERA for a long time for the season was on par with Blake Snell until the end when he fell off a little bit like the rest of the Cubs season, frankly, the entire Cubs just like blew it at the end of the season. But that's what's so amazing. He had that stretch. One guy that might come to mind for your recent person, aside from Bob Gibson, is Jake Arrieta um, a few years back, who former Padre as well. He went absolutely nuclear in the second half. And I think that's what won him the Cy Young um, overall, is that he was able to just have put together a dominant stretch when the Padres needed it absolutely the most. So, I mean, what can you what can you say about the guy? Um, and if you just go by, forget the 23 starts from May 31st onwards, you know, right as we're starting to wonder, you know, are the Padres going to be doing some trades? May 31st onwards. And that coincides with the Padres signing Gary Sanchez, who historically not this season, he was very good this season, but historically a little bit of a messy defensive catcher, not the best framer, sometimes makes weird mistakes with blocks and letting pass balls go by. The fact that Gary Sanchez comes along and is great defensively with Blake Snell, not only as a tangent shows you that the whole personal catcher thing and it, it just can be absurd and that you shouldn't always just go by who the pitchers want catching for them because sometimes you just pick the better player and they'll figure it out as time goes along. But on top of that, since May 31st, 1.1 ERA the rest of the way through. That's insane. Absolutely insane. So you combine all of that with the strikeout stuff, with the swing and miss stuff, and you have just a remarkable season. And I mentioned this earlier as well in terms of numbers, what I think made him so special is also that he kind of developed the rest of his repertoire really well. Um, longtime listeners of the podcast or watchers of the podcast will note that one of the things that made me nervous at the beginning of this year, remember he was named the opening day starter. Everyone was excited about that for sure, especially with the Darvish uh, having to be held out a little bit longer. Joe Musgrove having to be held out with the toe injury with the weight room incident that he started off kind of poor uh, this year in, in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? He wasn't that great um, to start the season for the Padres. And the reason that I was worried wasn't because of the slow start necessarily in a vacuum, because he has tended to do that like every year with the Padres, literally every year with the Padres, he started off slow, even say 2022 when he was really great for most of the season as well. He started off pretty slow, but Hey, just by the way, just a reminder, he went, what was it? Four and a third innings, gave up three earned runs. He gave up four earned runs the next start. Three, two, two, three, two, two, six. And I remember the six against Boston was when I got worried because if you follow Blake Snell's career, 
particularly with the Padres, what he does is he uses up he starts off using off speed stuff, you know, trying to get that change up going, trying to get his curveball going a little bit. And then he usually abandons that and goes fastball slider. Usually if you look at 2022 and um, what is, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 2021, his most used pitches are his four seam fastball and his slider. And then this year, the opposite happened. He perfected his curveball even more opponents hit 79 against it. His changeup. He also made a lot better with opponents hitting just 185 against it. Of course, his slider was wipe out too at a 123 batting average, but the fact that his slider, which was his secondary pitch for the two seasons with the Padres, became his fourth most used pitch just shows you that he tinkered with things and it worked effectively. That's what's so remarkable about him. That curveball was wild. Like watching him this year, like you don't even need these numbers. If you watch Blake Snell pitch this year, that man threw the ball flying from the moon and then into the dirt and batters swung at it all the time. It was such an elite put away pitch that. That's what kind of carried him this year and what made him so unhittable. It was just so funny. He'd make batters look very, very silly for much of this year. Some of that, I think, deserves to be attributed to Ruben Niebla, Padres pitching coach. I mentioned that Larry Rothschild was there and was fired and Blake Snell struggled that first year. And then they bring in Niebla and he's a lot better last year. And then this year, look at him. It's a process for sure, right? That's what's so fun about sports is it takes time for these things to develop. Um. But with, um, I'm just reading some comments, um, with all of that um, in mind, he basically just had the the perfect season. He came back. Um, so it wasn't just that he won a Cy Young. It's also that names like Bob Gibson and Roger Clemens and the Hall of Fame are getting thrown around now in like a weird walk rate. That didn't matter. That I cannot emphasize enough. It doesn't matter or it didn't matter. And it usually does. And while you might want to bring up those numbers when it comes to free agency, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Um, that's not what the Cy Young is about. You know what I mean? The Cy Young is about what you delivered that season, not the underlying, you know, field independent pitching, not necessarily the Sierra or the war, which I personally, I don't like losing um, wins above replacement for pitchers. I prefer win probability added, which Snell was second in, by the way. Um, I just think war is weird. It's like, why, why is, why is this pitcher who has literally given up more runs? worth more wins of birth replacement right now. That that's that doesn't make any sense to me. So I like using win probability added, but if you go deeper and stuff, yeah, obviously he struggled in some areas, but it, he was basically perfect in everything except for walk rate. And yeah, he didn't get necessarily put um, batters to chase all the time, but when they did try to swing at stuff, they're whiffing every single time, whether it be fastball, especially when he located it and elevated it properly in the zone upwards. It was unhittable. And that was one thing I noticed this year as well, not to get too nerdy about it, that like when Snell was off, he would that fastball would go would elevate too much and it would always be at the top of that zone. You know what I mean? And batters just wouldn't chase it. This year, it was perfect at the top and it would be called for strikes. It would be framed well with with someone like Gary Sanchez. And also um, batters weren't able to hit it. He just perfected everything this year. And I think that the rest of those pitches, the changeup and curveball are part of that as well. Hitters didn't know what to expect as much and couldn't just rely on waiting on the fastball or anything like that. Like say uh, a former Padre like Chris Paddock who had an electric changeup, but then batters were just sitting on that fastball that wasn't good enough, right? And he didn't have any other secondary pitches like a curve, like a changeup, like a sinker, like the, the very much talked about sweeper. He didn't have that, so that's why he struggled. But Snell did have the rest of that stuff and that's what made him so electric. And man... 
if this is his last season with the Padres, he sure made it a good one, man. And in terms of the Cy Young voting, um, 204 points in total went to Blake Snell, uh, 28 first place votes, only one for Logan Webb and one for Zach Gallen, none for Spencer Strider, who I brought up. Logan Webb, by the way, you can make an argument that he might be a better pitcher going forward. You might be able to make that argument. I don't know if I would just because he produces more ground balls, which is usually conducive to more outs and doesn't rely on defense or luck to play a factor. Um, but in terms of just who had the best season, the voters got it right. You know what I'm saying? Zach Gallon had a great season too. Nothing against those guys, but it's Blake Snell all the friggin' way. But in terms of all the friggin' way, are the Padres going to go all the friggin' way? Are they going to bring him back? It doesn't seem like it. But before this announcement happened, very conspicuously, by the way, before this announcement, we got a little bit of a rumor about the Padres being in on him. I'm really interested in that part. I'm really, really interested. But before we talk about that, guys, let me just take a second to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get on the action. Look, whatever sport it is, but in the case of football, you, you want spreads, you want player props, you want over-unders, whatever you want. Or if you're still a Chargers fan, you can bet on Justin Herbert touchdowns. If you hate the Chargers and want to hate Justin Herbert and everything with them, you can do that too. You can bet on interceptions, all sorts of things, or just bet on fun players like Joshua Dobbs, the pastronaut. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to like try and look at odds for him and whatnot and be excited about him and root for him even more? I think they have a Sunday night game this week too, actually. So that should be a marquee matchup as well. Ravens, Bengals tomorrow as well. Look into that. Jamar Chase stuff, Joe Burrow stuff, who's been a lot better lately. That's sure to be one of the best Thursday night games of the year. Go check that out, guys. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off your NFL season of betting. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And just like that, we're back, ladies and gentlemen, here, Lockdown Padres podcast, coming at you live from YouTube. Um, hopefully everyone who's watching on YouTube is enjoying it, whoever's about to listen to it. Remember, first listen every day. Go check out the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Padres, me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Now we get to the fun part in terms of looking ahead. We've talked enough about Blake Snell's season. Now let's talk about ahead and whatnot. Obviously, anyone who's been following my player review series, spoiler, it's an A-plus season for Blake Snell. Duh. Obviously, that's going to be the grade. But going forward, and I found this really interesting, that from John Heyman, now this might just be because of the timing of the fact that they knew the Cy Young was going to get announced tonight. Maybe there's some reporter, you know, trying to, you know, get some engagement and whatnot, not making any fun of John Heyman or anything like that. So what better time to publish a scoop about Blake Snell than when he is the presumed and now official Cy Young winner. And he's saying that the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres are all in on free agent Blake Snell. Now, this is interesting for a bunch of different reasons. First of all, the Padres, it's no secret, they're having a whole big old spending reduction thing. That's what has been talked about. That's been reported by Kevin Acey of the San Union Tribune. And that's what I think. I'm not necessarily um, hateful of the fact that they could use, they could lose Blake Snell in free agency, I would understand it. You still got to figure out the whole Juan Soto situation, although that one's building more and more towards he might be traded uh, from what I've heard, at least. Um, 
But with the whole payroll, the spending reduction, with the fact that you have so many players locked in for so long, spending big on Blake Snell in a vacuum would be absolutely fine. I wouldn't mind that at all. But um, is it something that you can afford right now is an entirely different different question, right? Because of all of that, because of the free agents, because of the fact that you're also going to lose Josh Hader. Do you want to spend a little bit of that money that you're, you know, you're going to have a little bit of a lower payroll? Do you want to spend that all on Blake Snell or do you want to try and build a little bit better bullpen, get some players similar to Garrett Cooper, like decent batters who can fill in that DH spot? Because Lord knows you do not want to be giving Matt Carpenter too many at-bats because he was dreadful this year for the Padres. So do you want to spread your money out a little bit more? Potentially. It all does depend, though, on what exactly the spending reduction is, which I can't necessarily attest to right now. But if it's true, Giants, Padres, and Giants, um, hold on, Giants, pa- Giants, Padres, and Dodgers, this is the problem with doing live shows, you mess up, um, it tracks at least the Dodgers and Giants. I'm not fully a believer because I just think for the timing of them to say spending reduction, as they know that Soto will be a free agent after next year with Hader and Snell on the block, that just feels like they kind of, almost like tempering expectations. But even still. It's worth at least talking about for a little bit um, in terms of where he would go. Um, My article for Just Baseball is going to be dropping at any point soon, probably. And me personally, I think the most likely teams are the Phillies, the Giants, the Red Sox, the Reds, and the Dodgers. Maybe not the Reds as most likely, but teams that are matches. The Orioles, Mariners, and Mets as well. I think you can never count out the Mets on anything right now. I mean, their owner's a sugar daddy, let me tell you. (laughs) Like, who knows? I'm not totally buying their spending reduction or their whole we're entering a rebuild thing. I just, I don't fully buy that from him. I think new owners tend to be aggressive. And I know that this isn't Steve Cohen's first year owning the Mets, but he's still a pretty new owner. So I don't think that he's um, gotten used to uh, waiting yet necessarily. I think he wants to make splashes. Baltimore Orioles, obviously, that team won like 100 games this year and they could use some starting pitching help. Seattle Mariners, in terms of the whole coming home thing, that makes sense. But for me, the Dodgers make a lot of sense. That is a team that um, this past season finished with a cumulative starting pitching ERA of 4.57, which was 20th in the league, 4.63 FIP, which was 23rd in the league. Their 21.6% strikeout rate was tied for 20th. They were a negative 1.15 when probably added for their starting pitchers, which was 23rd best. And... They are losing Julio Arias, who is probably about to get a lengthy suspension. Um, obviously, no no jokes about that. And they might lose Clayton Kershaw. He's a free agent. But even if they didn't, he's not getting any younger, right? So if you if you add all that together and then take into account that Walker Buehler comes back next year for the Dodgers, that should be a big play for them. Um, you know, I can see them being like, you know, it would be really cool if we get Walker Buehler coming back next year and then we sign Blake Snell. So not to be all morbid about it. And as um, Justin also comments uh, below on YouTube, uh, Freeman also drafted Snell. So obviously the connection makes a lot of sense there. The Giants, the connection is that team is old as heck. They do not have a really stacked farm system. A lot of their farm seems to have just not panned out. You know what I mean? Like their top prospects are in like this um, in the terms of the top 100 in like the 70s and 80s. That hasn't turned out well for them. And they have shown that they want to spend. You saw last year they took a swing at Carlos Correa, that whole weird fiasco. They reportedly were right in on Aaron Judge. Right. So they clearly want to spend. So they have to be taken into account. Then you've got other teams that I mentioned, like the Reds. 
I know they don't usually spend, they let like a really solid pitcher like Wade Miley walk away for nothing, but they don't have much on the books for next year. Hunter Green is owed 3.3 million. Luke, Luke Maley, I think that's how you say his name, 3 million. And then Joey Votto, Will Myers, and Kirk Caselli is just some retained salaries. That all in total is like barely over $10 million for next year, pre-arbitration, of course, for all their other players. So if they've got a young core, do they go the D-backs route? And they say, you know, that team took the leap a year before everybody probably expected them to. What if we get an anchor for our team, for our starting pitching to kind of help us out and take us to that next level for a team that finished with the same record as the Padres and was in playoff contention for a decent amount. So I could see the Reds making a move as well, at least keep them in mind. The Red Sox, uh, they just got a new GM and they don't have any starting pitching and they've let, they've let guys like Michael Waka come to San Diego, of course. We love you, Michael Waka. Shout out Pac-Man who's here with me, of course. Um, Nate Ivaldi, who just won a World Series. So maybe they're going to say, you know what? Let's bring back Snell to the AL East. That would make a lot of sense. And then the Phillies. Um, That's a team that has been close, and their owner has been on the record talking about how much he doesn't care about the money and making, you know, like much of a profit right now. I don't, you know. You got to be skeptical of these guys somehow. But based on their spending recently with Schwarber, with Castellanos, among many others, and obviously Bryce Harper years ago, and then Trey Turner as of recently stealing him from what I heard, like from the Padres. The Padres apparently wanted him too, and the Phillies offered a little bit less apparently, and he went to the Phillies. So, ugh, hate you, Trey Turner. But like clearly, um, clearly, um, uh, the, the the Phillies are not allergic to spending. So I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, as Justin also comments below, of course, LA should be interested in Snell. Anytime you have a, a 25 ERA from your starters in the playoffs, of course, you look at the top edges of the open market. Great point as well. The Dodgers got exposed, right? They don't need offense. And historically, they don't necessarily, they aren't a team that they spend a lot, but they're not usually going after those top free agents every single year. That's only been like the last few years with guys like Fr- uh, Freddie Freeman, Trevor Bauer. Um, and, and 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 many others. Mookie Betts, if you count him, he wasn't a free agent, but you get my point. They haven't necessarily done that historically. So instead, I could see them being like, all right, let's go get a pitcher. We're going to need one because Andrew Heaney and all these guys ain't going to crack it when you're making the playoffs, as you saw this season. So that's what I think is going to happen. I know that Heyman is reporting the Padres, but I don't fully see it. I would love it. Obviously, he's so much fun. And by the way, again, on the Giants connection, I forgot to mention this. Blake Snow, a little bit similar vibe and kind of aura and personality to Tim Lincecum in a lot of ways, a little bit, just in some ways, they're kind of, they kind of got that like young teenage kid vibe to them. And I don't mean that at all in a derogatory sense. Like I love these guys. So I could totally see that. Um, It'd be kind of poetic if they got him, honestly, obviously as a Padres person and Padres host and analyst, whatever the heck you want to call me, I do not want him to go to the giants and Dodgers because that would make me very sad. Along with many other Padres fans, we'd be miserable. But one thing's for sure is Blake Snell had an incredible year um, in many ways. I don't think the Padres are going to bring him back. I think that they have too many other things they have to worry about, which is why myself and some others always warn and caution that, yes, the Bogart signing was fun. But even at that time, I was like, look, that could limit them later. So you have to be careful when you're locking your whole roster in because then you might have a Cy Young winner that you can't necessarily afford or have the space to fit into your future plans, right? That's what happens. But that's not what this episode's all about. It's about celebrating Blake Snell's amazing season. The 2023 Padres were 
we talked about it, like all the bad vibes, their trade deadline acquisitions didn't work. The Xander Bogarts, he wasn't that bad, but they couldn't drive anyone in with runners in scoring position. Fernando Tatis Jr. was, in terms of his batting, batting, let me be very clear, as a whole player, he's still very good. In terms of his batting, he was disappointing. Um, who else? Uh, Jay Cronenworth was disappointing, right? Like Manny Machado was super disappointing. The Padres season was kind of like the, frankly, the, the the train wreck scene at the beginning of The Fugitive, right? Where if anyone has ever seen that old movie with Harrison Ford, just train derailment, explosions everywhere, total disaster. Maybe Super 8 is a better analogy for the younger folk that may be listening and watching. Um, but in that scene, in that train wreck, there were a few survivors. And some of those survivors, one of them was Blake Snell. Absolutely. He was Dr. Richard Kimball uh, for the Padres uh, this year. Not to get too nerdy on you guys, but um, he had an amazing season and it was historic. And I think that this wasn't just a simple, yeah, he played well year. You know what I mean? Like Garrett Cole. Yeah, he pitched well. Good for him. I'm not taking shots. He's going to win the Cy Young for the American League. But it was very much as actually I just didn't even check my phone. He he officially won um, about 30 minutes ago. Um, But it wasn't just that. It's the fact that he walked so many batters and it didn't friggin' matter. And what is more beautiful than that? That's baseball, man. It's absolutely insane how baseball works sometimes. Um, with a catcher who had had defensive um, mishaps before in his career, all of that, Blake Snell, well-deserved, wasn't much of a question in the first place, but an A-plus season for the Padres, arguably the single best player for the Padres this year at doing their job. I know in terms of batters are more valuable, but you get my point. In terms of at their job, Absolutely phenomenal. And if this is it for him, I'm going to miss him. Uh, one of my, my favorite Padres um, that I've covered um, in the four years that I've been doing this podcast. And frankly, one of my favorite pitchers I've watched since I was a kid. I liked Mike Mussina was a pitcher that I really liked. I liked CC Sabathia. Those are some of my favorite pitchers I've ever watched and, and followed. But Blake Snell, he's up there, man. So while that trade did originally, I remember, do not forget this. Originally, people were like, oh, no. Did the Rays swindle a team yet again? They absolutely did not. Blake Snell, Padres legend, even if he leaves. And if he does leave, man, am I going to miss him. But with that all being said, everybody, that about does it for today's edition of Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcast from in terms of the future of this show. I'll probably throughout the offseason still bring up how Blake Snell is a Cy Young winner second career uh, Cy Young win for him. But in terms of future episodes of the show, tomorrow's episode, we are going to be talking about the Brewers as a potential trade partner for the Padres in many ways, whether it be Corbin Burns. Remember the guy that they swindled and tried to not pay as much? That could make sense, especially with the Padres financial stuff. And also Devin Williams. That should be interesting as well. Going to talk about that. And then Friday, probably talk a little bit about the the, the rumored candidates that are left to manage the San Diego Padres, which we still have not heard um, who is going to be the official manager for the 2024 season. And then in terms of next week, obviously, whatever news happens, we'll break it. Probably going to try doing more live shows because I like hearing comments from you guys. So subscribe to the YouTube um, to get notified of that when the sh- show is going live. Um, I did tease it on previous episodes, but if I didn't give much of a warning that I was going live, my apologies. Um, we will be sure to do that going forward as well. So go subscribe to the YouTube. If you want to hop in the comment section, I'll answer all of your questions. And then also next week, going to be talking with my guy, Ulysses Sombrano of Lockdown Rays about some potential trades. You hear that Tyler Glass now is on the market? 
I don't know if you guys heard. You guys hear that the Padres have someone on the market who's really good at batting? Huh. I wonder if a swap like that can work. We're going to talk about all that on future episodes, guys. You're going to want to stay tuned to that. Um, Justin, peace to you as well, sir. And he also says Tampa should stop trading with San Diego. Um, and then he also, yeah, Patino, Patino and Mejia was who was given up, by the way, for Blake Snell. Kind of crazy. Right after Cronenworth and the fam trade. Maybe we, yeah. Everyone keeps saying stop trading with the Rays. Maybe uh, the Rays need to take that lesson, but stop trading with the Padres. But also keep trading with us. It keeps working out. But uh, that being all being said, everybody, stay safe. And of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies. Take care.